Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, my name is Kirk Carzell. We're in the heart of the universe, Mantachi, Mississippi, and here's a song. Honey, you know, if ain't in way that I be looking at you, I can't do right. Be werewolf into the night. Come the night, you be howling with me with your silver bullet on our road. Talking ghosts, talk, money, rock, salt, and watermelon of a night. I can hear Ray singing gospel tunes for me. Honey, need your half moon. Now we'll go to the flats, take pot shots, crucify us a couple cans. Now I'm gonna tie you down. Give you no know, man that J Moon away. You could give a fuck about. Welcome you to Porch Talk, and uh, this is one of those episodes I'm just awfully excited about doing. Uh, Kurt and I met um, for the second time, I guess it was, at Monson Brothers. We were we shared an evening, we were exchanging songs, and after that was over, I asked him if he would come on the show, and uh, he agreed. And we finally, uh, the stars aligned for us here on Christmas Day, so Merry Christmas, man, how you doing? Merry Christmas, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, and so I guess the first time that we met was actually at Bo's when he had uh, his favorite singer-songwriter come. Yeah, little house party. Yeah, and uh, that was... A couple years ago, three years. And Bo and Monson both had told me about you like two years ago. And he's like, he's like a one percenter, man. He's like incredibly good. I was like, well, where does he play at? And he's like, he ain't. Nowhere. He ain't. And so uh, being able to share that night with you at Monson's, man, and the killer set, and uh, I got you here with me now, is, uh, man, where did uh, music start for you? How were you when you really got into music? So like a lot of kids, like I played in school. Mm -hmm. I didn't pick up a guitar until it was like one day a guy brought one to the house, which was 
it was like my dad's guitar. And I thought, hell yeah, I'll give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And just taught myself from there. And 15 years later, here we are. Yeah, right on. And so, I mean, were there other interests when you were a kid? I mean, we were talking outside earlier. I mean, baseball. We, we yeah, I that, like baseball. We had that in common. Did you play that in school too? Nope. That was a later in life thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a friend of mine was really into like just throwing a ball around. Yeah. And it turns out that like developing a curveball was super fun. <laughs> and you just you just play pitch. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nothing like getting out in the yard. No, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, man. It's uh, I played up until I think my ninth or tenth grade year, and I gave up the bat and glove, and I it was guitar. Yeah. You know, as I saw a buddy of mine at a talent show. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't. I don't care anything about the baseball no more. Yeah, so I want to get a guitar. I want a guitar. Yeah, and uh, still love it. If you know, if I get a chance to go to a game, I'm gonna go. If there's a chance to, I used to keep my mitt in my truck. Mm-hmm. You know, just dude, and, I've got a couple in the truck just yeah. in case somebody wants to ball. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bucket of balls. Anybody wanna go? <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, what earlier influences is like when you were first picking up the guitar? Is like uh, who were you uh, learning? Like what band or guitarist? I never learned a cover song. Man. Like to this day, I know. Um, I want to know your plans by say anything. Yeah, and um, ain't talking about love by Van Halen. <laughs> that, that's my that's repertoire. pretty wide vernacular. That's all I've got. You know, with that uh, Say Anything album, that was one of my uh, favorites. It's a real boy. It's killer. Mm-hmm. That's, it's probably my favorite Say Anything album. Of We used to play Woe and Alive with the Glory of Love yeah. back in high school parties. Yeah. And it's like nobody really knew who Say Anything was. And so they thought that we wrote those songs. Yeah. And it's high energy, right? This is why I gave it baseball yeah. to write these two songs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,. Man, that uh, I want to know your plans. That's, that definitely makes sense to having some kind of transformative power on like what you're writing now. Yeah, because it is it's finger picking and uh, man, do you uh, you enjoy playing electric as well? Or I want to. Yeah, but I don't know. I get really tied down in the mechanic of it all. Do I want every song to have twelve reverb? Or six reverb or none and I, I rather than just picking up an acoustic guitar which is what I've played forever mm-hmm. and is very immediate so I want to like electric guitar I'm, I'm learning yeah that's me is I got a uh, I've got a Telecaster at the house and uh, it just stays in the case pretty much yeah good to have yeah and I'm, there are some nights to where it's like acoustic guitar ain't really getting this done mm-hmm. but when I think about pedals and you know all these different tones it's like that just seems like a money pit, and that's it's kind of scary. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't have the bankroll for that. Yeah. And so, man, like as you were getting out of high school, um, getting ready for those college or career years, uh, did you back away from guitar, music, or all, or what were you in, what were you into at that time? Man, all I did was drink beer and play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that was my whole life. Um, I really, for a super long time liked I don't know I don't even know what it's called but like bands like Modern Life is War and Black Flag I really got mm-hmm. into like the punk scene 
Yeah. Yeah, there was people who had a really good scene at the time, and that was just a big part of my life. So those bands, I didn't, what I played did not match it at all, but that was what I was really into. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, buddy of mine, Abe Partridge, he's got a song called like Black Flag T-Shirt Lament. <laughs> my perfect T-Shirt is gone. <laughs> No, no, no. It's a, it's a song about like posers like wearing band t-shirts they don't even listen to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's like when people think punk rock, like Black Flag is like the father of punk for some people, you know, and that could be a huge argument. Yeah, man, I got, uh, I work at a bookstore and people donate stuff there all the time and I got what, like a, a 78, like a record, a Black Flag and a Bad Religion, like first pressing record. Oh, wow. Coolest thing. That I've ever gotten. Yeah. <laughs> was that a, say, at the bookstore? Yeah, yeah. So, like, what town did you grow up in? Was it Fulton or? In Rhineswell, Mississippi. Rhineswell. Right? On a list of ghost towns in the United States. A nowhere place. Oh, so it's like Kennedy then, where I'm from. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing, yeah. Yeah, we got a caution light. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I imagine, like, probably a lot of similarities with growing up there is like yeah i could definitely see like just drinking beer and playing guitar bikes beer baseball and guitar yeah yeah all the b's and a g that's it (laughs) (laughs) so uh so i mean like what's going on with you today was uh munson brothers was your first Mm -hmm. show Mm -hmm. uh anything to do with the future i don't know just let the accident happen yeah um Said yes. Ryan, like, very generously kept offering. Come play. Got an open night. Come play. Um, Finally said yes. Was super racked about it. And then talked to you and said yes. So maybe something else will fall into my lap and I can say yes to. That's the future. I'll just let it happen. Yeah, hopefully so, man. uh, Man, I really enjoyed that night. Uh, It's always good to see uh, Ryan and his Can Rabbit project. Yeah, right. And... Like we we were talking earlier outside before we got started is uh, when it comes to songwriting. Like, tell me a little bit about your process. Uh, where where does it start? I don't really know. Um, I tend to get really focused on words and the sound words make. Like in one of those songs, I got really hooked on the line. Ghost talk, money rock, salt and watermelon. That had such a fun, mm-hmm. um, and so then I'll find a chord that sounds like that or goes with it. A lot of times, like I want to make something that sounds like Ryan's Well or Mantachi or Kennedy, because I don't think a lot of that's being done just to sound like your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times I'll write ten words and a. 15 second guitar lick and 10 years later like oh yeah i can use that this time and you just pull things out of the ephemera you know i totally get that man is is uh it's always words first for me it's always words first yeah and you know uh take like some of my other uh songwriting buddies it's like that's just so backwards i don't know how you do that it's like i always structure the chords and come up with the melody or the bass line and then it helps me be able to write the song and i was like I don't think I have a song until I got words. Right, right. I have a sound. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. It's like a, it's like poetry at this point. It's like a poem. Mm-hmm. And then I start 
mm-hmm. you know, coming up with, mm-hmm. and then like you said, it's like what chords can I use that sound like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know though. I've I don't think I've ever wrote a song like of uh, guitar first. I don't think I have either. And if I do, which I I took a like a year off of singing and writing lyrics and everything because I wasn't happy with like what I was writing. Mm-hmm. So it's like let's practice guitar. Let's take a year off. And I have like 10, 15 songs from that era that are tight songs. Mm-hmm. But now I don't have any words for them. So they're not songs, but they're there. But because I know them as like just these inter- instrumental things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure like down the road it'll... Maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll find 10 words yeah. to put to it. Yeah, man. So, uh, man, like any cool shows or like moments in history that was really transformative as far as like yeah, I want to chase music. No, man, not really. Um, it always seemed to be really cool just to share songs with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, to do your own thing and then have a really crippling anxiety of playing in front of people. Because, like, you're just giving yourself away. You know? Especially if you spend a lot of time on it. and Everything is autobiographical in a way. Sure. And to give that away is really, I don't know, scary. So it's really dope to like play things for you or for Bo or Ryan or whatever friends. Um, so like transformative shows that I've been to, not many. <laughs> shows that I've played, Ryan's and here in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, man, I just, I, I go back to that night and, uh, and you just, you killed it. Uh, you did a you did a fan jam up job, yeah. and uh, I remember talking after. I was like, "Well, how you feel, man? It's, feels great." And I was like, "I'm just glad you finally done it." Yeah, it's like this is like long time coming, right? It's been a long time. A long so, time. Uh, did it help like with the anxiety now? Like, yeah, it was cool. It was a really generous room. Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of friends, you know. Uh, yeah, I think what Monson's accomplished there is just unbelievable. Yeah, agree. And like. Even if you're on the outside stage, it's that same thing. It's like the people who are coming in to see music that night, that is what they're there for. They went to see music, yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's not like going out to a bar to where you're playing over a crowd, and which I would say like the autobiography, the autobiography, the autobiography, <laughs> biographical, biographical, yes, uh, is, well, I, I, I believe I could turn around and just play to this wall. And do just as well. Yeah. You know? That was something I noticed at Ryan's. It was like, I play on the couch. <laughs> and playing in front of a crowd that's just like a bunch of white noise, maybe practice with the TV on for now. Mm-hmm. You know, get those chops up. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like, if you're used to just playing to silence. silence. It's different, man. Mm-hmm. Really different. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, like during football season, I don't really watch a whole awful lot of TV but like during the commercial breaks I might like pick around mm-hmm. but I mean the TV's on but I never thought about it like that I right mean, it is it's a good thing to do yeah if you're if you're wanting to play play yeah. with the TV so what about like around here in Tupelo is there any venues or anywhere that you'd be interested in playing at I don't even know I think the Blue Canoe I'm Canoes, an outsider I, I genuinely don't know I think the Blue Canoe would be a good place one day yeah a friend of mine um, is real tight with Adam Morgan that's Blue Canoe, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's like all three of those places, Neon Pig, Blue Canoe, and Kermit's, those are all like buddies, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a conglomerate. 
Right. And he's real tight with one of those guys and has played upstairs and downstairs, and that's kind of an open thing. Blue Canoe always has people come through. So, I mean, there are venues, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, it's like I got a couple of like places, like maybe in Tuscaloosa or uh, possibly Starville. That's something that me and Munson's working on now. It's like we want to put together some shows in Starville. It's and it's kind of a weird town because mm-hmm. it's a college town. So you're like, there's got to be music everywhere. There's not. Like there, there could be like a two or three weeks with like no music, and you have the bars, you have the places. It's just nobody's doing it. And I, I, I don't understand. I don't know if it's like the the crowd or the culture or what. It's, it's it's such a strange thing. It's like you don't have that problem like any other college town. Right. Everybody's playing in college towns. Yeah. It's like Oxford's got music. Every night? Every night. Yeah. You just take your Columbus crew down there. Yeah. <laughs> Rock Starkville down. Yeah. I think that, And I think that's what's got to happen. Yeah. Know? I think that would be cool. Just start bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like it's going to be like a School of Rock thing. Okay, here we are. And here, there you are. And we're about to do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've... It's fun to play around, like, and trying to think about, like, places we could get in and play. And, like, um, man, I think... If you wanted to be a part of it too, especially like as as good as, I think you and Ryan playing together because it's kind of the same vein. Yeah, that it it would be a good. That would be a good set, you know. Yeah, a good lineup. I could play. Ryan could play. Then Can Rabbit could play, and <laughs> Ryan could just do double shift. Yeah, and be done. That's it. And just okay, that could be two three hours, you know. Yeah, I think it could be done. Just picking at you as far as like going into uh looking to play more shows is mm-hmm. what do you think about like house shows like what Bo did it I, man, I think that's perfect that's my alley I think that would be so cool I think that's the way yeah I think that would be so we, cool. uh I threw a music festival um back in November at my house Ryan played it and uh that helped him a lot mm-hmm. and he was like because I guess the only place that he had played was, like, you know, at, at his own bar. I don't guess he had played anywhere else. And he came and played out at the house. And that kind of turned him on to where it's like, it's good to play for different folks. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. I think it's liberating, too, to go to a different town. You know, I live here, went to Columbus. I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. If I screw up, I can just run away. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah, absolutely, man. I thought about that, too, is, like, when I... I lived in Kennedy, and then I moved to uh, our... I go to Tuscaloosa for college. Mm. I'm whoever I say I am. <laughs> Nobody knows me. Yeah. I got, I'm Dan Stevens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can... I got an alter ego here I'm about to break out. <laughs> and you're not, you're not going to know any different. Mm-hmm. Don't look me up on social media, okay? No, I, I'm, I'm off of that now. <laughs> I'm on a detox. Yeah. <laughs> and then even, like, moving to Mobile, it was that same thing. It's like, I'm whoever. Whoever I say I am, because mm-hmm. it's it's day one. Yeah, that's playing in different towns, man. You're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. It's uh, you be you. The magic is there. You just have to. Mm-hmm. It's will people turn out? Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. Is like you know, you got the hometown name. You got a Can Rabbit on there, so people are going to turn out for Can Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And now we got some uh, guys from out of town coming in too. It just works. I think that's where it's at. I'm looking into doing some more house shows. 
And, uh, man, if you ever want to come out to Kennedy and play, let me know. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Tell you now, I think that's a cool idea. It is. Uh, the the first house show I'd ever gone to is a place called the Sunstroke House in mm-hmm. Columbus. And uh, What a cool name, Sunstroke House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it gets confused with, like, a tanning bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, Cause when I first when I first invited some friends out with me to go there, I no had, man, I don't tan. Yeah, it's like you mean that, that tanning place down on Forty Five? It's like no, we're not we're not talking about the same thing. No, this is like a house. And uh, then Bo uh, had his event, and you know I've been to amphitheaters and been out to the bars and seen this, and I was like, the way to ingest music is it's that it's intimate. Mm-hmm. Pro- uh, it's yeah, agree. Yeah. We ought to get Bo to start doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> Bo, just clear out the basement. Yeah. We'll all pack in. Have a lovely time. That's a good point. Bo. <laughs> if you're out there. All right, so just one uh, last thing on music before uh, we move on to greener pastures, almost literally, is, uh, man, we were talking about just... If you're into writing songs, you made a good point is... Uh, stop listening to other people. Yeah. And like it's one of those things, it's, it's just a very simple thing. Is like, let's just say I'm listening to Culture Wall. Well, next thing you know, I'm picking up my guitar. It's, I'm influenced. Mm-hmm. And so you were talking about like just hopping out in the car and like no radio. Yeah, no radio. Have a few of your songs like on your phone, something that you're working on, a difficult lick or whatever, and just listen to it over and over and like. I guess it's convenient for me. A lot of people have like shower time. I drive an hour a day. Mm-hmm. That's like my thought time. Same. And when I like, I think I prime myself with things. So like, if I get in the car and I know I have a dedicated 30 minute commute and I'm listening to something that I'm trying to work out, like some lick or a lyric or whatever, and I just keep like chewing it, that's my thought time. Mm-hmm. And you discover things and you go in a different way you go like i don't know in a cliche way you find your way of processing that lick or whatever and i think that is better for you as a musician even if it doesn't translate to something that's easily metabolized by other people at least it's more unique to you and i think that's important for local musicians especially like people well like me who don't have many musical aspirations other than to just like make something good yeah i've like kate mallon was uh, one of my latest music interviews and you know she's been a songwriter since she was like 18 and um you know she's been doing it 25 30 years now and she's working on a ep you know this late in the game and no interest in really playing it out or just gonna uh, make a song just 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 it just needs to exist. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's mm-hmm. all. You know, not interested in, you know, trying to tour it or, you know. And I think that's better. I think it's too commercialized. Yeah. Everybody wants a piece, but I mean, we mentioned a few albums outside. Those were created in solitude. Mm-hmm. You know, and not necessarily like not talking to people, but musical solitude where you're you're writing something. Mm-hmm. Just good. Jonathan Franzen, when he was writing these huge, like, doorstop books, would neuter his computer so that it couldn't con- connect to the internet. 
so he didn't have that distraction. He would just write. He just has a word pad. I think that's so romantic. Absolutely, it is. And you know, you know, not to bring up these people by names, but okay, you know, back when you had a drinking problem or a drug problem, is you were writing these insanely great songs and. God, I'm glad you're sober now, but your music sucks. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what a shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like uh, I'm happy for you. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. Yeah. Because you I mean the example that you gave is like okay, you're a truck driver, you know, uh, oh, you're a ditch digger. It's like you are none of those things. Yeah, you're right? not. You're not. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's you don't, okay. You don't have to pander, so to speak. Right. And I think it would be cool if you just wrote about being a touring musician, you know, or being a husband and have your own take on it, you know? Yes, uh, you know, you mess with uh, Gregory Allen Isaacov? Never even heard. Okay, so he's a he's a botanist. Cool. And uh, he's Cool. Got, <laughs> and he's got like three, he's, he's a botanist first, but like a singer-songwriter second. Mm. And, I mean, he's done like UK tours, American tours and all that. And he's very successful, but... Not commercial at all. Mm. And, I mean... Bro, I'm hey, just singing about gardenias here. That's right. I, that's so nice. Yeah. And he's... Man, the dude can write a killer song. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's... You pull up his album, any of them, just hit play. And, and just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... He never lost it. Why? Because, like, I, th- I think it's that whole romantic thing that you're talking yeah. about. It's like, he'll probably... When he's in his process... It's probably, okay, uh, shutting down the greenhouse for a month. I'm about to take some time to write. <laughs> Plants, you're just going to have to go on without me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's better to connect with five people really seriously than, I don't know, I kind of like it with a hundred. Mm-hmm. Just... Write, write your green thumb medleys. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, man, just another hobby and a uh, a thing that you do on the side is, uh, man, you're, you're a bit of a, a hunter when it comes to, uh, well, you just... Man, I like to hunt rocks. Yeah. I do. And that's, I don't know, I try to be romantic, and I work at it, but I don't mean like lovey-dovey. I mean like, I don't know, it's super romantic to me to go out and like find bottles in my backyard, or to find these big table rocks in the middle of nowhere that maybe nobody's seen or to touch an arrowhead that nobody's touched in 8,000 years. Bro, that is so romantic and it's a good thing to get out and be quiet for a little bit mm-hmm. and like watch for snakes and find a rock. It's really good to be skunked and not find anything at all and find joy in just being there. I love it. Yeah. Man, when I was uh when I was younger, uh, I was telling you about my cousin who mm. taught me to make bows and you know, he was he was really into the primitive things, so uh arrowhead hunting down at the creek bed or mm-hmm. uh you know, he had a buddy that, you know, let's we'll go out it's called, we call it the channel. It's the Luxapalila and go out there and fish and oh there's a sandbar here, let's pull off and just see if anything's washed up. You know, the Water was high about a month ago. Maybe something showed up. Yeah, and it's and the whole the romantic thing about it to me is, uh, like you said, you're, you might be touching something that hasn't been touched in hundreds of years, and it's that idea of you found something that was lost. Finding it, and bro, I'm, what myth are you living? I am Huck Finning down the channel, 
touching rocks, hanging out on sandbars, getting burnt. With my buddies. Beautiful. That's a good day. Yeah. That's exactly it. And it's, I think that's the, that's the point of it, man. Yeah, that's the point of, that's the point of songwriting. Yeah. You're not a ditch digger. Just go write, write about the channel. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> that's it. So, uh, man, you, you've, you've got several of uh, the rocks and some of the things that you found over, the, over time uh, here in your home. Is uh, tell us a little bit about it, like some of your favorite finds. Um, so it was like one February, I was with a friend of mine, and it was super cold, and we decided to canvas a few creeks, and ended up like a few counties over, in no man's land, and we hopped out in this creek, and right next to the road in this hard pan, I thought, man, that looks like a bone. Bone is really conspicuous in creeks because it's black, and it's, you know. River cobble are like these spherical things, and you can spot them a mile away, but you can also see things that don't match that pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I think that's a bone. And so I had a pocket knife and cut a little bit of hard pan away. Okay, there's still some bone. Cut a little hard pan away. And two hours later, I'm still chipping away hard pan, and this thing has just grown. And actually, in the moment, I thought, like, holy shit, this is a skull. Bro, this is a dinosaur. This is a T-Rex. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. And it was like February, so it was like getting dark, and I only had a pocket knife, and we were wet. And so we came back home, assembled some tools, went out the next day, and cut this like couple hundred pound piece of hard pan and dinosaur bone, this Cretaceous fossil, out of this hard pan, put it in a strainer, lugged it back up the riprap, and took it to the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, and it turned out to be this Paratresius ornatus. Hmm. Like the last, if I remember, the last one that was discovered was like in 96 in New Jersey. But one of one of two, three to ever be discovered, it was the most complete one at the time. Wow. Um, had all these rib bones and flipper bones in it. It was, man, that's cool. Go in your backyard. Yeah, it's like, who knows what you'll find? Oh, yeah, walk out there a little bit. Yeah. I love that. Um, I got one... A while ago, I had heard that it was like something that archaeologists do, but paleo rocks, rocks of a certain age, are just as time goes on, they're more and more difficult to find. And I found a paleo rock. It was a beaver lake, like a transitional paleo piece. And that was really cool. How many of those are left? Mm-hmm. Um, the pot that I showed you in there that I spent months cobbling back together i really like stuff like that and so like just with that pot is like it's in a hundred pieces so yeah like more were all those pieces just conveniently like in one spot it was it was strange like that the morning that i went out i had been watching like these youtubers finding pieces of pottery i thought man how cool would that be and i went out to this place and found the lip of a pot next to this natural spring and I thought what is that like wire because it's just the top of a pot and I started digging and it just kept going mm-hmm. it was a pot and like the more I hyperventilated the deeper it went and like dogs a county over heard me like yipping and at one point because it was so old and I was so excited to just find this thing it just disintegrated it's like holy shit so I took off my shirt and just tried to Salvage what I could, brought it in this wet button down back home, laid it down on the table, brushed it off, and put it back together over yeah. half a year. 
So how did this start for you? How did you how did you get into it? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I had gone. Was you always like a history buff or? No. It's just something to do, I think. And then you just fall off into it. Yeah. Okay, I got you. That's kind of like with uh, the bow making thing for me was like. How'd you get into it? <laughs> yeah, I, I went over to my cousin's house and I saw all these bows he was making. I was like, that's badass. That's cool. I'd like to do that. Right. Okay, let's go. Let's go get you a bow dog. Yeah. And that was a, that was a big thing. And cause like now it's like on top of that, it's like whenever I get out going down the creek or whatever, it's like looking for trees. Find me a tree. Yeah. There's a good tree out here. There's a, there's a, and it's, it was like, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. If I find a cool rock, so be it. But I want a tree. Yeah. <laughs> I need another bow. Yeah. And I think like, you know, with, with that is like going out into nature with an eye for exactly what you're looking for. And then like when you find it, it's like, oh, look, look what I just found, man. It was just right here waiting on right me. Right here. Waiting for you. Love it. Right on, man. And so uh, what about like all the, uh, the arrowheads and things? Uh, were most of those found in creek beds or like? Yeah, like 90%. Yeah. 90%. That's, yeah, same, same for us. And then every now and then there was a couple fields around the house they'd call you up after they plowed. Man, I like, just busted this field up. You better get over here. Mm-hmm. Come see Before what you Jerry do. and the boys do. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's like, get over here and check it out. And I was like, I'm glad I'm kind of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Friends in high places, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, this this guy, he, he, he likes rock, so I'm going to give him a call. Yeah. <laughs> He's see, simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, like, what about us? One of your latest trips is like, what's the furthest you've ever gone to do this? Maybe Alabama. I don't go very far. Um, my mother used to live in Rome. Mm-hmm. And so along the way, sometimes like if I wasn't very keen to get there, like, man, that looks like a good creek. Maybe take a minute and hop out and, you know, scope around. But to intentionally go somewhere, probably Alabama. Yeah. So, like, what are you what are you looking for when you're riding down the highway? Is like, is there anything like kind of catches your eye? Yeah, honestly, I think the rougher the better, because rough creeks aren't often walked. Uh huh. You know, and so if you can stomach it, that's where the really good stuff is. Man, that that kind of takes me back to uh, like King Arthur and the Round Table. It's like when they lost the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. and they were sitting around the table, and what they decided they had to do was. It's got to be in this forest. And so each night, whatever patch of woods looks the darkest to you, that's where you that's go where in. That's you need to go. Yeah, and so it's kind of the same thing, yeah. right? It's yeah. like whatever looks the most difficult, most dangerous. That's where I'm headed. That's the one. Yeah. And it's that, it goes back to that lost or never. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think we're working on a song here. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get the guitars back out, boys. But uh, yeah, man, that's uh, man. I want to go with you one sometime. Let's go. Like, uh, how often do it? Is it like a weekend thing, or you might go during the week. I I don't really get weekends off that retail life, yeah. but whenever I get a chance, if the stars align and after a good rain, I have the day off, or I can skin the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got you. But let's go, dude. 
let me know. Like, okay. Me, yeah, especially if it happens to fall on a weekend or sh- I, I might take a day off for it just to do it. Okay. We'll go kick it. It's fun. Yeah, man. Uh, make a day out of it. We'll get up and... Uh, play go, some songs. Play some go songs and the then go, go look for some... Get a barbecue. Hey, now you're talking. <laughs> Is there any good barbecue joints around here? Yeah, there's Bishop's. Oh, yeah. Bishop's good. It's like a... It's a good... We were talking about records earlier, man. Do you ever uh, go to the... I know uh, the the bookstore, I think, in Tupelo, it gets some good records donated to it, doesn't it? Sometimes. Mostly, and nothing against gospel records, but mostly gospel records and like old dusty 78s and like... 78s are the big heavy ones, right? Mm-hmm. Those, which nobody wants, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes, though. Sometimes, like... Like, yeah, I know people die and their collections are just donated, and there's some really killer stuff that comes through. I know Bo has found some gems, yeah, and that's friends in high places. People call me when they bust fields, I call Bo when I get records, yeah, and that's it. And that goes back to that loss or never, like, Mm -hmm. that's his thing, Mm -hmm. that's what he's looking for, right? I got a whole box that was given to me the other day. It's like, like you said, someone passed, Mm -hmm. and I haven't gone through it yet. And it's that same thing. I know there's going to be those 78s. Yeah. I know there's going to be Gospels. Mm-hmm. It's Jimmy Swagger. A few Jimmy Swagger. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Does it against Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's going to be in there. Jimmy Swagger's a state. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a record store, uh, and I thought about it as I was coming in, and the way the GPS brought me over here was like uh, it uh, shot me north, Alabama, and then uh, hit the interstate and just come on like through Fulton mm. and I got to thinking because Fulton has a great record store yeah Chef's like, Vinyl yeah Chris is the guy's name he's really nice mm-hmm. and so uh, I've got a buddy of mine he's like dude if you ever find yourself in the area hit Chef's Vinyl yeah dump off yeah go yeah and uh, cause man that's something that I'm into is like I, the older I get the more I like records bro there's romance in it mm-hmm. it's 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 uh the dead technology there's a lot of romance in finding those things and saving them and like having your record I love it mm-hmm. absolutely and I, I man I've only been into it like hardcore for like probably two years probably since I started hanging out with Bo yeah yeah you caught it from them yeah and it's it's picking back up like more and more yeah. people seem to be getting into it right and so I think it's a good thing uh, uh, this porch talk I mean it's putting out a vinyl very cool. We did a Ryan is on it, Bo's on it. Very cool. And so it's like a compilation of like we did a. It happened to be all boys, and so we're gonna do another one where it's gonna be an all girls, and it's just people who have played on the show. Cool. And the, uh, the full interviews, or you're gonna do the songs? Just it's just songs, yeah. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, that's rad. One offs. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's that it's that lost or never thing because some of these never these some of these songs are songs that never saw a lot of day. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't make the album. Oh, I love that. B sides and rarities, baby. That's all it is. And uh, that black flag T-shirt lament's going to be on it. Cool. Now he just did. Uh, he just released a new CD. It's alive in the UK. Mm-hmm. So that song is on that. But like, not that version. Not that version, right? Because it's it's off this mic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm thinking spring next year. I'll finally be getting it in. We're doing 300 cuts. When it's gone, it's gone. Love it. And then, you know, if it sells out fast, we might do a reissue, but I want to move on, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and that's just kind of a thing, like, 
I forgot how we even come up with a, I don't know if it was me and, I don't know where the idea come from. It's like, you should put out a record with all this stuff you've recorded. And I was like, we'll put it in the trading post. Well, why don't we do it? Yeah. Why don't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun, you know? And just like, man, I, I was, I'm very glad that you shared a couple songs on the mic just to give people an idea of like, this is who he is. This is what he sounds like. Yeah. And then like, uh, it's, it's captured now. And that's that's kind of like my hunt. You know, you were asking me earlier, it's like, so you like podcasting? It, it is just that, dude. I just got in my car, drove an hour and 45 minutes, and you opened up your home. And, like, we're just sitting down, getting to know each other. And, man, this might inspire somebody yeah. that hears it, you know. And it's uh, it's just a collection of what I've been doing the past three years. That's a good collection. Yeah. And I, I think it'll be worth it. Yeah. I mean, we got a record out of it. <laughs> 300 limited pressing. That's right. Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> One of 300. <laughs> well, man, uh, what else to do? Anything, any other grounds you want to cover? Man, no. Well, cool, I man. I guess so. Well, uh, Curtis, it's been a, a damn pleasure. Appreciate you opening up your home, buddy. Pleasure's and, uh, all mine. Thank you. We got a jam and we got to go hunt some rocks. Let's do it. All right. We'll do it. We're out of here. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.